Welcome to Changing the Rules, a weekly podcast about people who are living their best lives and advice on how you can achieve that too. Join us with your lively host, Ray Lowe, better known as the luckiest guy in the world. It's gonna have to be a different man. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Changing the Rules. Uh, You know, Changing the Rules is about the fact that we're all given too many rules in life. They start with our parents and then the schools and then the church. And before we know, our lives are cluttered. And rules do two things. They tell us what we have to do and what we can't do. And the next thing we know is we're living other people's lives and not our own. So Steve Jobs, the uh, former CEO of Apple, uh, said, when you're living your life by other people's rules, you're not living your life and we represent here the luckiest people in the world who run off design their own lives and live them under their own terms and we have one of those people with us and Bonnie Shea is a person who I've known for a good number of years I won't tell you how many because uh, I met her when she was very young okay and uh, she uh, has a company called Mariposa Photo Organizing And she does some really unique things with old photos to organize them for people. So, Bonnie, say hi to everybody. Hello, everybody. No, hi, everybody. See, there you are. You're breaking the rules already. Uh, So so tell us a minute in in a minute or two what you generally do for people and how you've specialized over the years. So I have helped my clients with their photo uh, collections, and I've narrowed it down to the printed photo part of their collections because that's what I love doing. I just love tangible photos. And to me, Ray, those photos are at the highest risk of, A, being lost or damaged in the natural disasters that we unfortunately have or you know, a fire or a flood. But also, I feel like the printed photos, since they typically are of older nature, I want to make sure their stories are told before the people behind the stories that know the stories aren't here to tell them. Because I'm all about someone being able to share their photos and leave a legacy with their photos. Cool. Okay. So I'm setting you up here. So uh, I actually have a hidden agenda, and I'm going to get to what I want to get to. But first... When you go get a client, a new client, you're picking up a box of photos. Well, I'm going to have to correct you, Ray. It's not a box of photos. It could be 17 boxes of photos, but you're right. Okay, so typically, why do people hire you? They have these boxes of photos. What do they want out of it? where, Where are they going with them? So when a potential client reaches out to me, Ray, basically they are overwhelmed with their lifetime of printed photos that are in lots of boxes and albums, and they just haven't looked at them most likely in a long time because they've been probably hiding around their whole house in different places. And so my clients are stuck. They don't know what to do. They don't know where to go with their printed photos. In their mind, it's like this big mountain of photos, and they don't know how to attack it. And it's basically a big mess. And I don't say that in a critical fashion, but if you have boxes in the boxes, they're in various states of disarray or order. And what do we do with them? 
So I basically come in and lead the client through what, what I call my curation process because we want to make sure these treasure of photos are in a state that are going to be shared and managed and safe from any disaster. Oh, okay. Can Let me interrupt for a minute because I want to know what – you know, I, I understand safe. You know, you want them to endure, okay, and some of these are fragile. Uh, but what I'm really interested in here is uh, what are people trying to do with these photos at the end? Uh, are the, Is it capturing stories? Is it just capturing images? Uh, you know, where where are they going? To me, it's all about the story, which is what these people want. It's the photographic story, but we want the text as well and who's in the photos because basically these clients um, want to leave this story to their kids and their grandkids, and it's their history. It's their family history, and it brings back memories and discussion topics because it's fun to see these old photos to talk about, oh, what happened back then or who was that? Oh, my gosh, Mom. I've never seen you when you were two years old. That's you at two years old. So it's, you know, really good story time that can be shared when the photos are available. Yeah, I can tell you right now, our engineer Luke is sitting here cringing that somebody would see a photo of him when he was two years old, right? Okay, so so go back. You have a process for dealing with this. Take us quickly through the process so people know what you have to do. But then I want to come back and focus on this result and how, when we take photos, we can make sure we get the results that we want. Absolutely. So the basic process is, A, you gather all these photos together. B, we want to put them in a general chronological order. And we're not going for perfection, but we like to see our stories played out over time. And then we want to edit them so we get a reasonable amount of photos that we're going to eventually scan so that we can have them digitally. And I want to emphasize, and I'll probably say this several times during our podcast, Ray, we want to focus on quality over quantity. Because even if we magically organize 30,000 photos of the printed photos, they're still going to be overwhelming. We want to get the highlights, the best of the best story, and each photo needs to tell a story. And let me share one quick, um, two quick ideas of how people can know what's good and what's not when you're in the editing phase of looking at your photos. Number one, if you have a picture of the Eiffel Tower, just the Eiffel Tower, to me that's not memorable or meaningful because any of us could go on the internet now and get a picture of the Eiffel Tower. But if you were standing in front of the Eiffel Tower, that makes a story that tells us, oh, you were in Paris. And I ruined the picture. Um, We'll talk about that later, Ray. You didn't break the camera, though, so, you know, we're okay. And then number two is we don't like necessarily, we don't have their perfect photos. So, like, when I tell my clients I'm editing their collection without their help, maybe, because they're not able to help me, and I see a picture of a three-year-old with a chocolate-covered face, some people would say, well, that's a terrible picture. It's a mess. No, 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 throw it out. And I want to say, no, because maybe that was the child's first chocolate ice cream cone, and there's a story behind that photo that we want to tell and preserve. So it's all about storytelling and picture that we want to have our quality, but they don't have to be perfect. And one other thing I want to suggest to people, if you're going through your own printed photos, we remove duplicates, we remove redundant photos, we reduce, 
and remove poor quality, like if it's blurry or fuzzy, and we have better pictures than the blurry, fuzzy version. So it's all about editing. And then the end result is we end up with a much smaller quantity of photos, but we have meaningful, meaningful story photos that can tell your story. And my clients are thrilled and relieved when we have a curated collection and they don't have these boxes and boxes and boxes, and now they can digitize. Yeah, and, and sometimes people don't even know who the people were in these photos. So some of your job is trying to identify people, trying to track them down, and trying to put together the stories. Sometimes after the people that are involved aren't here anymore. Good luck. Right. And Ray, that's what I'm trying to help my clients avoid is getting to the place where they don't know who's in them. All right. So, so here's where I want to go. Uh, we can come back to your processing techniques. And I, I can attest the fact that you do wonderful things for people who get to the state in life where they're trying to find meaning in their past and have a mess on their hands. So what I want to do is we're coming out of this COVID thing now. I'm starting to think again about traveling. I'm starting to get my camera out and cleaning it up a little bit and making sure I have all the cards and, and the lenses and that they all work and all of that stuff. And one of the things that I've realized in the past is that I love being out taking the pictures. I don't love so much sitting at home in front of my computer and processing the bad photos that I took. And I also uh, have ch had a change in thought of where I'm going. My past was to go to the jungle in Africa or the Galapagos Islands and capture these portraits of animals that were unique and different that I could hang on the wall. Now, in a sense, that's a story. But, but what I'm more interested in now is taking a trip and saying, okay, tell me in six photos what this trip was all about. So what I want to do to you here, and, and I do mean do to you, is because I want you to rethink and reposition your, yourself. If you're on the other side of the lens, and I know you have experience here because you grew up in a family of photographers. We won't go there right now, but I know, you, I know that's there. And, and tell me how to rethink and I'm planning a trip. So how do I spend less time in post-processing? How do I get the photos I really want? How do I think through what these stories are going to be so that if I went to you afterwards, you'd look at, at me, laugh at me, and say it's done? All right? So okay. tell me, tell, uh, impart your wisdom. Go ahead. You have, you have 14 seconds. Exactly, right. Counting down. So um, a few thoughts I want to share with you and with your listeners is being um, overwhelmed with too many photos is not a comfortable position, whether they were printed or digital. So once again, I want to say quality over quantity. So we're not about, you know, pressing the camera and, you know, shooting off 30 photos of the same thing. We want to be careful. So overwhelm, we want to avoid. Also, I want to help you prevent the clutter before it happens. So that's why we're going through this whole process, that you won't get at home at the end of the trip and have 10,000 pictures. 
And then I want to give you credit, Ray, because when we were doing our pre-plan call on this, you said, let's call this photo organizing in reverse. Like we're planning ahead so you don't have this mess at the end of a trip, which to me, having a plan is the best place to be in life in general. And if you can practice that plan repeatedly, you'll get even better at it. So let's talk about my thoughts about planning ahead for a trip and how you're going to get this photo essay. So in my mind, think about who is your audience. Are you your audience? or your spouse, or your kids, or grandkids, who would be an audience that would enjoy this photo essay? And where am I going? You know, maybe you're just going down the street, or maybe you're going to Morocco or Africa, and you could do some research on where you're going so you can get a sense of what you might see. So you're not just surprised when you get off the plane and you've got to stop number one. It's like, oh, I didn't know I was going to see this kind of place. You could do some pre-planning. So another concept is to keep in mind what photos not to take. So I already mentioned the Eiffel Tower idea, right? But keep that in mind because if you get home with 20 pictures of the Eiffel Tower with nobody in front of them, that was a waste of, well, not a waste of film, but a waste of your time and storage space. So think about what photos you want to be careful of not taking and general scenery is basically what you don't want to take, except a few environmental pictures, because you want to remember where you were or what city. So if you need to take a picture of something that reminds you where you were, because you're on a 10-day cruise, that's helpful. But go light on that. A specific thing that I think is also helpful is you want to keep up to date with your photos as you're taking them. So let's say you're going on a 10-day cruise. How about at the end of each day, before you go to sleep that night, you go through the photos you took that day and do some light editing. You know, let go of stuff that's obviously garbage or redundant or it didn't come out as you wanted it to. But once again, you're helping yourself get home at the end of the 10 days and not have the 10,000 photos. You've curated them along the way. And I already said this, but practice makes perfect. So by editing each day, you're getting a better flow and a better sense of what you're getting and what you want at the end of the day. Okay. So I've been thinking, all right, so you know this is trouble. So so one of the things that I found is that uh, if I'm going to a city that I've never been to, uh, there are websites available of photographers who have taken pictures in this city. And I found some of them are pretty interesting because they can show you where to stand to get the best picture. So, or where to capture the best light to highlight something. So if I want a picture of the Eiffel Tower, uh, that I'm gonna consider a fine art picture, I'm gonna hang it on my wall, and I wanna make it mine, the perspective of it needs to change and, and so otherwise I could go buy the picture of the Eiffel Tower. That's what you're telling me, right? Uh, I, think, I think the second thing is uh, you really have to, to think about whether or not you, it's something you want to hang on the wall or whether it's something that you just want to put down in front of somebody and tell a story. Now, I remember going over to people's houses that have just gotten back from a trip and you see 47 million slide photos of ugly pictures of ugly people 
So again, you're saying you avoid this by just cropping every day, get rid of the, especially the blurred images and the stuff that's there, get rid of it, focus on the quality, uh, focus on what are you going to do? Are you trying to tell a story? Are you trying to hang something on the wall? Uh, any other things that you can think of? Yeah, so let's say you have a family trip and you're taking grandkids and kids and relatives and siblings and you're going on a, maybe a family reunion. And so you might want to do some pose pictures because you want to get a whole group shot. But I also want to give people the concept that when I'm going through my clients' photos, the pose stuff is not as interesting as the candid photos. Yes, pose, you're getting the people, you know who you got them. But there's not much emotion with somebody looking at the photographer straight in the eye and smiling when he says, hey, Steve. So think about candid photos. It sort of is aligned with your idea of maybe a uh, picture of the Eiffel Tower, but do something different about it, like an angle or take it when it's sunrise or sunset. It's not just this perfect Eiffel Tower that everybody else has seen. But candid versus posed is a great differentiating factor in what you're going to get. Um, quality with. My other suggestion is um, for those of your listeners who have printed collections and maybe they haven't worked on them, but you are planning a trip in the near future that you want to go and take your phone or your digital camera, I would say a good little homework assignment or practice is to go through your printed photos just lightly. Don't try to curate them right there. But look at them and see what kind of pictures generate emotions, especially pictures from your past, the stories that you're loving to see in your photos. And that might just give you some good insights and some good emotions that you can take towards the future of taking your own photos and making these valuable and meaningful photo essays. Cool. Okay. I, I think you've helped me think through some interesting things. I mean, I'm, I'm really excited about getting back in the photography world. I haven't taken many pictures in the last two years. And, and I think you're absolutely right. Think of the pictures that have meaning. Think about how you want to pose them. Do a little homework. Uh, think like a photo organizer in reverse. Right. All right. So, so uh, Bonnie Shea, Mariposa Photo, photo Organizing, uh, we'll put her website up on our uh, notes later. If you have these boxes of photos, uh, Bonnie is a great photo detective. She can she can feel the paper on that it was taken on and know when that picture was taken. She can find a face in that photo and then find those faces in other photos. Uh, and uh, Bonnie, thank you. I know I put you on the spot because this isn't what you do, but I think it will help us a lot to think about what we're taking before we get to that stage where the memories are made. So any final comments from you before we uh, bail out here? No, what I'll say is I'll also give you a link to a YouTube video that I was part of that people, if they want to know more about printed photos and need a little more um, instruction, um, I'm happy to share that. You can just go on and see, you know, I talked about the process in more detail, which, as we already talked about digital, but the curating a printed collection and digital collection are parallel processes. They're just different formats. But I think it could help people in general as well. Sure. So send me that link. We'll post it on our podcast. And thank you for being with us. And uh, Bonnie Shane, Mariposa Photo Organized. You know, that Mariposa is too long a word. I understand it's a butterfly, 
okay, and you're a flighty person. But other than that, have a wonderful day. And Luke, sign us off, please. Thank you for listening to Changing the Rules. Join us next week for more conversation, our special guest, and to hear more from the luckiest guy in the world. Change.